Hi, and welcome to the Deeper Than Money podcast. I am your host, Chloe Elise. I'm a millennial money coach, speaker, dog mom, and a seven on the Enneagram. And I am on a mission to prove to you that finances can be fun and easy. On the Deeper Than Money podcast, we will dive into all things millennial finance, debt, saving, mindset, and how to have financial freedom to enjoy life in your 20s and 30s. I want you to leave this podcast with more confidence around your moolah and the belief that your biggest financial dreams are possible for you. So let's talk money. Hello and welcome back to the Deeper Than Money podcast. Today I am going to be talking about five things that white people can do right now. Um, These past few days I have been upset, I've been angry, and I can't even begin to understand the fear, hurt, or anger that, that black Americans are experiencing right now. And because of that, I wanted to make this episode specifically to help educate other white people on how we can use our privilege and our bank accounts for good. So that's what I'm going to be talking about today. And and I just want to point out, and I'm going to point this out later um, as I talk through the, the different points, the different five things, but I am not the expert on this topic and, and nor do I claim to be, but I want to use this platform to bring light and to point you in the direction of those resources or of ways to support or ways to be a part of, of this change and be a part of the solution and not be a part of the problem, um, even if it's unintentionally. So here are the five things that um, you know we can do as white people. Um, right now. So number one is to acknowledge what you were taught and where you came from. So we will subconsciously think like where we are from until we intentionally update our beliefs and our thoughts. So what I mean by this, for, for example, for me, I grew up in, for me, what what feels like a small town that now has about 15.5 thousand residents. And I'm going to give you some info. This info is directly from datausio. Um, it, it, it's really interesting how they break it down and, and really great for anyone to go look at. They have breakdowns of um, like ethnicity, of education, of um, jobs, of so much stuff. So so really a great place to get information from. But so of the 15,500 residents in my hometown, it's composed of 14,800 white alone residents. That's 95.2% white. Okay, 371 Hispanic or Latino residents, 2.4%. 271 of two or more races residents, that's 1.75%. 51 Asian alone residents, that's 0.329%. 27 Native Hawaiian and other Pacific Islander alone residents, that's 0.174%. 15 American Indian and Alaska Native alone residents, that's 0.0968%, and two black or African American alone residents, that's 
0.0129%. Wow. I mean, I I knew I grew up in a predominantly white um ethnic composition um of a hometown, but when I read this, I I mean, I was just it's crazy. And in my hometown growing up, as you can see from these statistics, my, my, my classrooms were, were white. I had white teachers. I had primarily and majority of white classmates. And we were taught that acknowledging race was rude. We were taught in school that acknowledging race and saying things like, you know, everything I've said in this podcast so far about, hey, here's what we can do as white people or um, talking about black people or saying the word black wasn't PC. We're taught that in, in in elementary school and middle school and high school. Like it was something that you shouldn't point out. It was something that you shouldn't talk about. It was something that you shouldn't bring up. And so I thought I genuinely believed growing up that that is how I, I, I shouldn't, I should ignore it basically. And it like pains me and it's, it's hard for me to record this podcast because it's such an ego check and such like vulnerability about these like bias that I grew up with, but I, I want to, that's why I want to share them. That's why I want to share this. Um, so number one, it's, it's important to acknowledge what you were taught growing up and where you come from. And these are the same things. What I'm going to go through, this is the exact same thing that I would tell you if we were going to talk about your money beliefs. You have to acknowledge what you were taught and where you came from, okay? So I I want you to apply that same topic today as we're talking about these issues. So number two, question what you were taught. Question what you were taught. So for me, um, and I want to point out also this is probably going to be my like most just all over the place podcast, but I want to point out that I'm not telling these stories about me to make this conversation about me, but I am, I want to share my limited and, and while well-intentioned ignorant experience of growing up to help other people that are white again that's why this is directed towards white people to help them understand even if you're well-intentioned that doesn't mean what you're doing is right that doesn't mean what we're doing is right so I'm going to go through so now we're at number two question what you're taught it wasn't until my sophomore year of college when I took my first sociology class when I really learned about privilege I, I didn't I had no idea what privilege was at all And at that point, we're learning about the different types of privilege. And I started asking questions to my male friends. I was like, wait, so you don't look behind you constantly when you're walking alone? Or wait, so you don't worry that people don't take you seriously when you raise your hand to to ask a question in class and things like that? And it was mind blowing to me to hear my like male friends be like, oh no, I've never looked behind my shoulder because of their male privilege. And again, as I learned about male privilege, it doesn't mean men don't have hard lives or they can't have hard lives. It just means that they don't have to worry about disadvantages due to their gender. 
So we, you know, we first started talking about like male privilege and then we started talking about white privilege. And this was the first time I'd ever heard that phrase before. I'd never heard of it before. And, um, and so I would have classmates who would say, wait, you, you don't have to worry about not getting a job based on how American your name sounds on your resume. You don't have to fear being pulled over by the police. And in that moment, I was so embarrassed to admit that this was mind blowing to me at 19. Like I was mind blown. And then simultaneously, I was so embarrassed that this was mind blowing to me because I was 19 years old at that point. I wish at that point I had learned it sooner. And I wish right now that I, I still knew more. I still, I, I wish I, w- I wish I was an expert on, on these sort of things. But here's the thing. If you're listening to this and you're white, it's our responsibility to question what we've been taught to understand that we do have privilege just because of the color of our skin, just because of the pr- color of our skin. And we have to like, because of that privilege, it's our responsibility to do something with that, to use our privilege to make a change so this isn't a thing. So this doesn't have to be a thing. And we have to use what we have in order to get there. Okay. So number three. So let me let me walk back. So number one is acknowledge what we've been taught, where we've come from. Number two, question what you were taught. Question that, you know, for me is questioning, wait, I was never taught about white privilege. I was never taught about these things. Holy cow. And, and, and really that, that was bumping up against what I'd been taught growing up. Number three, commit to making it a priority to educate yourself. It's not your black friend's job to educate you on racism. It's your job and responsibility as a human on the, this planet to commit to learning this. No one taught me about money. No one taught me about money in, in elementary school, middle school, or high school. And yet here I am today. I'm a money coach. This is what I do. And I feel like I'm so, I, I know everything about money. I know how to do this and how to do this and how to do this because I committed to learning about it because I took responsibility for the fact that, you know, I hadn't been taught this in schools. I didn't blame the school. Do I still think that schools should teach about money? Yes. Do I think that schools should teach about these racial issues? Absolutely. But I can't go back and blame the school. I need to take responsibility just like I did for money. But I need to take responsibility about learning about racism now. Um, and so you can do this in so many different ways. I'm going to talk about this more in a second. But, um, you know, read books, listen to podcasts, watch Netflix documentaries. Um, and I'm going to talk more about this in a second. But I am going to link a bunch of awesome resources in the show notes for you um, that you can go through. Um, a book that I just started is called um, White Fragility. And I- I'm so excited to to dive into that book. And it's all about why white people, it's so hard for white people to talk about racism. So, you know, go, go check that book out. Like you have to make it a priority to add this to your, um, to what you're listening to, what you're learning about. Okay. Number four, ask your black friends how you can support them and lift up black voices. Ask your black friends how you can support them and lift up black voices. I was reading um, 
like just news articles and watching, you know, the, the videos of all, everything going on right now, social media of like riots and, um, just even the video of George Floyd and everything. And I was so sick to my stomach. I was so sick to my stomach and just sad and felt empty. And I kept setting my phone down because I was so overwhelmed. And yet I've gotten pulled over. Me personally, I've gotten pulled over multiple times for speeding. Only one time have I ever gotten a ticket. And even then the officer was extremely nice to me. And, you know, that's just one small example. But if I am feeling this much hurt, if I am watching this and feeling sick to my stomach and all of these things, over something that my skin tone allows me the privilege of ignoring, imagine how our black friends feel. Imagine what they are feeling right now of of this, you know, historical burden that's on their shoulders, not to mention the, the current fear that they're feeling. So check in and I'll be honest again. I've like just, this is just like basically all of my shortcomings listed out, but I used to think that doing this was wrong because I, I was pointing out their skin tone, right? I was like, well, if I, you know, check in on, on a friend of mine who is black, I'm, I'm pointing out that they're different from me. I'm pointing out that I'm noticing the color of their skin. I'm pointing that out because again, I was taught growing up, don't point that out. And someday, I hope that we live in a world where that's true. I I hope it is rude someday to point out someone's skin tone because there's so much equality that skin tone's neutral. I hope for that. I pray for that. But that's not the world we live in right now. And therefore, it's time for white people to step up and ask how they can support their black friends. Until we live in a world that is 100% equal of between skin colors, it is not, like, it's our responsibility to acknowledge that, to acknowledge that and check in. Um, and also, the second part of this, remember, is not only ask your black friends how you can support them, but lift up other black voices. Check in on your news feed on Instagram <clears throat> or on other social media. Does everyone look like you? Are you, you know, listening to podcasts with black hosts? Are you reading books with black authors? Are you buying from black owned businesses? I am not the expert on on this topic, but I, again, want to use this platform to direct you in that direction. So I'm going to link again in the show notes, I'm going to link resources um, for some of those. I'm going to link some amazing resources of books with black authors and, um, and things like that that you can go check out right now that you can start your, your journey of, of becoming, a you know, a, an ally and becoming someone who, who gets this and who uses their, their resources right now. Okay. And then number five, this is the last one. Use your wealth, use your wealth. Um, you know, you're listening to the deeper the money podcast and the reason that this podcast and my company is called Deeper Than Money is because it's not about the money. It's not about finances. It's about what money can create. It can create freedom, not just for you in your own life, but you can use it to help create freedom for those that truly do not have freedom right now. So donate. You know, use your money to move mountains. Your money is so powerful. And this is exactly 
why I'm so passionate about helping more and more people of all ethnicities become future bajillionaires because money speaks and we need to use that power for good. Lastly, I want to send out so much love. I I am embarrassed to say how difficult this was for me to create. I'm I'm scared to say the wrong thing, but I'm going to use this podcast for good. And the most important part about building wealth is that we're using the money we're building. We're using the money that we're, um, you know, creating for good. We're using our money for good and we're using it to, you know, to, to speak out. We're using our money we're, as our voice. Seriously, like your voice and your money should be going towards the same things. You should be speaking out for things and then using your bank account to support that at the same time. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in today to this week's episode of the Deeper Than Money podcast. Um, Again, make sure you check out the resources that I'm going to link in the the show notes of this episode for you. And um, I will see you back next week for another episode of the Deeper Than Money podcast.